Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Wendy Myers. Welcome to the Myers Detox Podcast. And on this show, we talk about all different kinds of topics related to heavy metal and chemical detoxification, but we also touch on specific health conditions as well and the underlying root causes and just all, all kinds of things to help you upgrade your life. And today on the show, we have Dr. Meg Mill, and she's going to be talking about how to naturally improve headaches and migraines. This is something that you know plagues so many people. So I wanted to give you guys some tips from a, a medical doctor that specializes in this particular topic. And on the show today, we'll talk about the, uh, the number one underlying root causes, which are food sensitivities. We'll talk about heavy metals and chemicals. Uh, we'll talk about stress as underlying root cause. Uh, we'll talk about just a lot of different topics. Um, and also what are the issues with over-the-counter and prescription pain medications and some of the side effects effects of those, which may surprise you. And we also talk about, um, you know, just what to expect when you go to your medical doctor, there's all kinds of things that they try, but they're not addressing the underlying root causes that, and they address the pain, but not what's actually causing the migraines to get rid of them forever. Like hormones, people have hormonal migraines as well. So there's a lot of different things we touch on in the show today. So stay tuned. Um, I know you guys listening are, you know, concerned about heavy metal and chemical detoxification. And so I created a quiz that you can take that's super, super quick, where you can determine your relative level of body burden of toxins based on some lifestyle factors. And so after you take the quiz, you get your results, and then you get a video series totally free about different topics related to detoxification, teaching you what are the first steps you need to take in detox? How long does it take? And when I answer a lot of your frequently asked questions about detox that I'm getting all the time in our support. And so it's good to take that quiz to get like a little mini education on how to detox your body. So check it out at heavymetalsquiz.com. So our guest today, Dr. Meg Mill, she's a functional medicine practitioner, best-selling author, podcast host, and speaker in her functional medicine practice, which is a telemedicine virtual. And she works with patients worldwide to heal the root cause of their health struggles through advanced diagnostic testing and personalized support. With her two decades of clinical experience in conventional and functional medicine, uh, she can help people improve their health naturally while still understanding and respecting conventional practice protocols. And she's been seen on Fox News Channel, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, and in Reader's Digest, Health Magazine. And she's appeared on many podcasts. And she's particularly passionate about helping people end headaches and migraines, increase energy and restore mental clarity without drugs or overwhelming protocols with her proven EAT method. And so you can learn more about Meg and her work at go.megmill.com. So go.megmill.com. Dr. Mills, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how you got into the health field? Absolutely. So I started out in the conventional side of medicine. I'm a little bit, have a little bit of a different background and I was, you know, in this space, just seeing people get more sick. I felt like I was seeing people put on more and more medications and really 
in that place where they're surviving and not thriving and then getting side effects from the more medications. And I understood the protocols. I understood why that was happening, but I really felt like I never didn't believe in it. I felt like it was backwards. We need to be really more preventing, looking at root causes. And, and I was having some of my own health issues at the time. And I was going from doctor to doctor myself and getting told like, oh, you're fine. You look great. And I'm like, no, I feel terrible. There was like a point where I'm like, I don't even know what I can eat without it making me sick. And I just, so I started looking for my own answers and that's when I came into functional medicine and I found like, you know, a way to heal myself. And then I was like, okay, I need to make a total career shift. So then that's when I went back to pursue certifications in functional medicine and really open a practice that way and help more people. Cause I like was so I like wanted to spread the word. And when I was, you know, started this, started my, I have a virtual practice where I see people all over the world. And when I started my practice, I um, started noticing a pattern where I started to see so many women, particularly coming to me with either coming to me for headaches and migraines or actually coming to me for some, a whole different reason. But I do this really detailed intake questionnaire and symptom questionnaire we start. And when I'd go through that, they would, you know, write that they've had headaches like weekly or as long as they can remember. And, but they weren't even, they were normalizing it. They weren't even coming for that. It was something else. And they just felt like, Hey, that's a part of my life that I just have to live with it. But then we'd work together and they would say, you know, this is great. I don't have the headaches anymore. This has changed my life. You know, people with chronic migraines would, would be able to come off their medications. And so I, I just really started to be passionate about spreading the word that this isn't something that you have to live with. I think in, in conventional medicine, we use a band-aid approach for, for headaches like other things, but I see this regularly. So you're, you're just really covering up the pain, never really getting to the root. And so they never really stop. And so once we really dig in and get to the root cause and, and put some of the connections together, we can see them actually decrease dramatically in both incidence and severity. Yeah. And, and so like, why did you become so passionate about uh, helping people with, with chronic headaches and, and migraines and specializing in that? Because I've just felt like that, like they, they can be life. So life-changing for people. Like when you're actually, you know, in this place where you have to, to really think about what you're going to do based on, you know, your next headache, you know, I heard so many stories of like, okay, I miss my daughter. You know, I planned this whole birthday party for my daughter. And then that's the migraine day, or we were going on vacation and I spent my whole day in the room, you know, my whole week in the room with a migraine or, you know, just all of these things. And I felt like they're just not getting the people in this space, aren't getting the answers they need to really know that there is potential that they don't have to live with headaches and migraines that there's, you know, putting those pieces together, we can find the root cause and, and really stop normalizing it because it is just sort of something that's like, okay, you know what, you have this, you here's, you know, take some medicine. We'll try some other medicine. If that doesn't work. Just, you have to live with it and you don't, you know, you don't have to live with it. So I, you know, I want people to know that. So a lot of people listening to the show have chronic headaches and migraines. So what are some of the issues with taking over-the-counter medicines habitually? Cause some people, they just take them every day, like they're candy and they don't have any health consequences. So what are some of the problems with doing that and not addressing the underlying root cause? That's a great question because I think we also have this false sense of security that something just because it's over the counter means it's safe to use. And, and that's not the case. So we can look at pharmaceutical data. We can look, you know, we, it's research. It's not even like, oh, on this, you know, holistic side, there's clear data supporting health risks of medication. So, you know, let's take Advil, um, which would be like, you know, ibuprofen, the um, Aleve is the brand name for naprox in that category. So those are anti-inflammatory drugs. And these drugs are going to, you know, they're known 
prone to tear your stuff, you know, tear in your gut lining. So, you know, they cause GI effects, they can cause leaky gut. And, you know, even so much so that back in the early 2000s, we actually, there are a dr drug class called COX-2 inhibitors. And so, you know, we have this billion dollar push in the pharmaceutical industry to, to switch them to selectively to COX-1 inhibitors and not because they inhibit both COX-1 and COX-2 receptors. And so we did this, um, we did this push for the for the COX-2. And then we started seeing more cardiovascular effects because we know that's a side effect. And, and really then that industry clap, you don't see people on like Mobic or Celebrex, you know, that some of them are totally gone. Celebrex is still, they're not used very much, but because we were seeing all these cardiovascular incidences go up. And so, you know, it, they were trying to change it because they already knew that there were gut health issues, that there we knew there were problems, but we're still using them regularly. We also have kidney problems, liver problems. I mean, then we look at Tylenol, which is one of the leading causes of overdose um, and liver damage. And so we just really need to be careful just because they're just because they're over the counter does not mean that they're safe. Yeah. And then not to mention the, uh, the hydrocodone and other pain medicines that people maybe can graduate to when the over-the-counters don't work anymore. What are some of the problems with those? Like the, the Vicodin and the others, the name brands. Mm -hmm. And some of those are, you know, that what's scary about the, the opioids is that they're, so you can become addicted to those medications pretty quickly. And sometimes they're given so freely that it's like, oh, okay, here, use this to treat the pain. But some people can even take them for a very, short period of time, depending on your genetics and, and become addicted where you can't get off of them. And, you know, we have this whole opioid epidemic where you, then, you know, we're, we're graduating into potentially other drugs or, or having to stay on these medications long-term because you can't get off and you have to go through, you know, some program to be able to not have to take the medications anymore. So, it's just, it, it's not everyone, but we don't know how long that takes. And it's an individual thing. So even post-surgery when they're just given out, like, you know, long-term it's like, okay, we just have to be really careful because you don't know the potential for having to be dependent. And, and that can happen to a lot of people. And people on um, opioids can also get rebound headaches mm -hmm. as well. Ironically yeah. that they're, then they have to take more and it just, yes. it's like this vicious cycle. <laughs> that happens for sure. And that happens with caffeine too, because caffeine is in a, some of the preparations of headache medicines. Mm -hmm. And so, you, you know, there is a, there actually is a treatment um, aspect to caffeine a treatment mechanism, but also when you can get rebound headaches, even from caffeine. So that's another thing like individually that you just have to be careful of. You have to always watch and do things in moderation. Yeah. As I drink uh, green tea here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so, um, and so can you talk about that? So Excedrin is the one that people typically take with mm -hmm. caffeine. So uh, how is that helping people with certain types of uh, migraines and, and headaches? Well, the, there can be an aspect of vasodilation dilation and constriction. So that's where the caffeine comes in. So certain, like, you know, sometimes particularly with migraines, we can have this, this vasodilation and constriction that is causing the pain. And so that's where the caffeine, you know, can come in, but then you can get the rebound. Like you have to, you have to watch and you want to look for things like it, you know, pay attention here. And that's part of what I work with people on really starting to pay attention to things in their 
life. We want to really think about when you're getting the headaches and what's going on around you. So sometimes like with caffeine, you can think like, okay, well, you know, I have my week weekday routine and every day I get up and I have my cup of coffee and I do this and then that, but then maybe if you, if you're someone who like, Hmm, I'm getting my more on the weekends, I'll get a headache. And it's like, it could be like, Hey, your routine's different. And you don't get up and do that same thing. So sometimes what we're starting to do is looking at patterns and pictures in our life. It, and it can be so enlightening for things that people realize, discover once they sort of open their eyes and start to take a look at things they never saw before. Yeah. And, and so what are some of the main underlying root causes of headaches and migraines? So the first thing we want to look at is your food, because there, we know there are certain food groups that are triggers. So we know things like histamine containing foods. So these can be foods like aged cheese, fermented foods. Um, and sometimes while those can be healthy, you know, we we even know that some of the fermented foods are good probiotics. They can, some people process histamine differently. So if you're someone who doesn't process histamine as well, we can get an overload there. We have tyramine containing foods, and those are foods like aged and cured foods. When you think of those salicylates or citrus fruits, foods. So things like lemons and limes, we also want to look at nitrates, which are like hot dogs and bacon and things like that. And then sulfites or wine and dried fruits. We look at MSG, which is a, you know, you can find in prepared foods and sometimes aspartame, which is in diet sodas and things like that. So we know, so we kind of have buckets of those statistically we know can are triggers for some people, but it gets, it gets a little bit more complicated than that because not all of these foods are going to be triggers for all people. And sometimes it's all about the threshold or the combination of the food. So you can actually eat a food or drink, you know, a drink that has these components and you can feel like you're fine because you can maybe not reach that threshold or maybe not have the combination that puts you over the, the your threshold. So it's, so we need to look at them individually and then in combination and start to look at how they're coming into our diet. We also want to look at food sensitivities because um, you know, when we have these IgG antibody responses, we can get inflammation and then we can also get headaches and migraines from food sensitivities. They're a little more complicated because that can happen four to 48 hours after. And sometimes, you know, people don't identify food sensitivities because it can be nonspecific. So um, really looking at when you have the headache, sometimes what I have people do is write down, if you have a headache, then you write down what you ate in the last 48 hours. And then we start to look for patterns. Um, yeah. And it's amazing how some of these, these underlying root causes can be very simple or mm -hmm. very easily removed from the, di the diet, very easily changed, uh, removed from your lifestyle or what have you. Um, can you talk about some heavy metals and chemicals that may be underlying root causes of migraines? Yeah, sure. So we have, you know, two of the biggest culprits that we see with headaches and migraines are lead and cadmium. And so we want to look, you know, you can have, and what's, what about is interesting. I know I had you on my podcast too, and you really gave us such great information because we were talking about, you know, some of the things with, um, the history. So you can have heavy metal exposure in your history and not even know it or not be having symptoms right now, but maybe as you're reaching, let's say a woman in perimetopausal age where your bone density is changing, then you're starting to leach some of the lead that had been stored in your bones and things like that. So it's really, sometimes that's why like going back and taking a look at your whole history. And you know, if you've had, if, even if you're not in a place right now where you're having heavy metal exposure, if 
you have been exposed to heavy metals, it's important to really keep that in mind in some of the factors that we're thinking. Cause like, maybe you think, well, I haven't had headaches my whole life. Well, maybe there's things changing that are releasing some of these things at this time. Yeah. And they accumulate to a certain point. You have like a tipping point where the certain amount didn't cause issues. Then you reach a tipping point and that's cause it starts causing the problems finally. And I mean, there's a lot of metals, you know, the iron is a big culprit copper, but there's an overload of it. Uh, mercury, aluminum, thallium, tin, bismuth. There's a lot of metals in addition to lead and cadmium yes. too that can contribute. So it's uh, you know, it's a, it's a huge problem. It's a huge yeah. underlying root cause. And, you know, if you guys listening, there's a lot of information on how to detox this stuff and articles. We won't get into it too much uh, here, but just to, I just wanted to touch on that. Um, are there any other, other, you know, top causes of uh, headaches and migraines? Yeah. So another big one is hormones. So we need to look at hormones and we need to look at the two most common causes we see with, when it comes to hormones and, and headaches and migraines are estrogen dominance and a rapid change in hormones. And so you want to look at if you're particularly someone who's having migraines monthly and you're, you think they most often happen like the week before your period or at ovulation time where you're like, okay, I just know clockwork. I'm going to get this migraine before I get my period. Then think that yours are very likely have a hormonal component. And so what we, what we need to do is figure out why. So we need to look at, let's say estrogen dominance and think, okay, why are you estrogen dominant hormone? Hormones are all about balance. So we need to find that balance. And in our, you know, are you having low progesterone? Do you have high levels of estrogen? I see regularly people with um, actually normal levels of like an estradiol, which you would see in your blood work, but high metabolites of estrogen. So we have to make sure, again, going back to detoxing and liver health, we have to make sure that you're actually able to detoxify the estrogen that's in your body. We want to use it and then lose it and make sure that we're not getting overload of estrogen. So we want to look at some of these components. So whenever, you know, when I'm working with people, I will do a, a form, a detailed hormone test. We're also going to do the heavy metal test. We'll do all the testing. But, you know, one thing that listeners can do right now is just really look at endocrine disruptors in your life. So, you know, you want to look at if you're, you know, looking at your, your products, your face, your skin products, you want to look at plastics and what you're eating out of. I think one of the simplest things you can do is switch from plastic containers that contain BPA to glass containers because our food's in there. And so I feel like so many people are actually eating out of plastic containers and then potentially like microwaving or dishwashing those. And then they're breaking down the, they're denaturing the protein, like the, they're denaturing those um, molecules in the plastics when they heat them. And then it's leaching into our food. So just making some of those simple shifts, I, I think it can feel really overwhelming, but if you just, every time you're getting a new product, just replace it with something clean. You can go to ewd.org skin deep and check your products and see what's in them, see the ratings. It's, there's easy access now to find out like what you're using and how it's affecting you. Yeah. There's a lot of things you can do to, uh, you know, detox your environment. Um, anything with about your surroundings and, and changing your surroundings and how your surroundings can contribute to headaches. Yeah. So we also want to look at, so I mentioned histamine, um, with regards to foods. And we also want to look at that. You know, you want to look at allergies. There's a, there's a common, I see a lot of people that have a histamine intolerance of some time kind and have headaches. So a lot of times there's a connection with congestion. So you could see like, are you someone who has a lot of congestion and headaches? And even if you don't, you could be getting things in your environment. So, you know, we know that again, toxins are everywhere. We know that, the, you know, we can get off gassing from 
our carpet and our couch and, you know, different things in our house. So we really want to make sure that we're getting clean air and a clean environment, even, you know, scents are with headaches are a huge one. So fragrance also has endocrine disruptors. It has chemicals. So if you have fragrance in something, then you also can have the toxins and the, and individually the smell trigger. So we, you know, we use a lot of like free and clear organic products that are scent free. You can use, if you like scents, you know, pick something like an essential oil or something that is clean and not scented, you know, so, so not burning candles, things like that all clean up. I do often recommend air filters, um, air purifiers, like for maybe your bedroom. I know you can't necessarily get it for every room, but if it's a place to start just to make sure you're getting clean air, but also particularly in the winter, if you are in a cold environment opening, you know, your windows, your doors once a week, just to really clean that out and get a fresh environment. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many headaches I've gotten from perfumes and mm-hmm. people, you know, just, it's like the secondhand smoke. They're just like this Pepe Le Pew cloud of uh, perfume coming at you and, and they give me a headache and it's, um, it's one of those things that it was, it's a trigger for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, what about stress? Cause stress for sure. If I get, if I go too long without getting a massage, I build up stress in my body and my tissues and, um, and I have to get a massage to relieve that headache. And so for me, I know, I know for me that that's one way that I manage headaches is just at least getting a massage once a month, but for other people, how does stress play, uh, play a role in headaches? Yeah, I, I call it actually the chain of pain because it can be complicated, especially if you're someone who has a lot of pain on a regular basis. So we know, you know, when we're thinking about stress, we're often thinking about uh, just our to-do list, what we have going on if if we're stressed, which we have plenty of that. But we also have biological stressors. And so pain individually can be a biological stressor. And so sometimes when people are in pain, then their cortisol levels are gonna go up. And so, and then when your cortisol levels go up, you can actually also get an increase in your process, in your um, prolactin levels. And so that can actually increase your pain sensitivity. Then so you can like get stuck in this loop of, you know, the chain of pain where your pain is creating stress, is creating pain. And so um, what we really need to do is focus on bringing those cortisol levels back down. And so we need to do, things, you know, we, sometimes you you can take like an um, supplement, some, you know, sometimes there to help assist with that, but we really need to focus on finding the stressors in your life and finding things that will bring you back into that parasympathetic nervous system. You know, we live, we're not intended to live in that fight and flight all the time, which we often are, a lot of people often are now. And so we need to really find what resonates with you to bring you back into that parasympathetic where we rest and digest. And so even taking, even taking like three minutes out of your day and just doing deep breathing, you know, really get, you know, do a box breathing or some sort of deep breathing to, to really train yourself to be able to bring yourself because we can bring ourselves back into the parasympathetic nervous system with our breath. We just don't use it. And sometimes when you're already stressed out, it's hard. It's like, you don't have that tool available because you're already in that stressed place. So, you know, meditation, journaling, walking, nature, anything that is calming to you. It's really, I feel like individual. I, I feel like sometimes it's like, okay, I could say like, oh, do this and that and that, but what resonates with you and works in your schedule and in your life are find things that resonate with you and, and really just focus on some self-care and some things that will bring you back into that parasympathetic nervous system. And, and what about blood sugar regulation? Is that a contributor? It, yes, it can be. And, you know, blood sugar, insulin can also affect, you know, it's all, we're so connected. So insulin, you can get, um, so you can get headaches from hypoglycemia. 
too. So that's another reason. So you want to make sure that, you know, you're really, and then you can also have a hormone imbalance sometimes because of high insulin. So we need to regulate the insulin. So things like, you know, adding protein to your diet, increasing your intake of, of healthy fats, decreasing your intake of sugar and refined carbs can also make a big difference for people. So when we're looking at, you know, food is probably one of the most complicated places, even though, you know, sometimes we're looking at these like hormone tests that are very complicated or, you know, we're looking at the heavy metal tests and we're diving deep, but really sometimes just going back to the basics and really focusing and changing your diet can really go a long way. Cause we're seeing these are all connected in so many ways. Yeah. And what about sleep? Can you talk about yes. that? How that can, because yeah. so many people have trouble with sleep. I mean, there's, there's dozens of things that can impede your sleep. So how is that a factor? So sleep is actually an, like actually REM sleep in particular is an independent risk factor for migraines. And I think that that's something that people aren't always recognizing or acknowledging their quality of sleep. So we want to make sure that we are getting a good night's sleep. You want to prioritize that. That's not something you want to let go. And I think just really finding some of the things that really can make you do a calming bedtime ritual. So really turning off blue lights, you know, you can take your phone out of your room or, you know, it's tempting sometimes to scroll and have that right there if you can't sleep, but really removing the light, trying not to do anything that is intense or takes a lot of your mind um, attention at night. So doing some like calming Epsom salt baths are really good because magnesium is commonly low in people who have headaches and migraines. And so, you know, if you do Epsom salts, you're getting the magnesium and you're getting that calming effect. So that's another good thing. Cutting out caffeine after 2 PM can be helpful because we can, you know, even even chocolate, I think sometimes people think of like coffee and, you know, drinks, but some chocolate also has it. So some people do after dinner snack, you know, with chocolate, and then that can potentially be keeping you up. And then even actually not eating a few hours before bed, calming your digestion can help you sleep better. So we just really want to, you know, focus on that. And sometimes Put, putting a mirror up and saying like, okay, what am I doing? Am I sleeping? It's, it's tempting in some cases to say like, oh, I just want to get this done. Or, you know, I want to have a little bit more time by my, maybe that's your quiet time and you don't want to change your routine, but really also prioritizing sleep is so important. And so what are some of the things that people can do to like address like some simple things that people can do to relieve, you know, headaches and migraines? So if you get, you know, one of the things that what we're trying to do is to decrease them, but sometimes that you, you still will get one. So I have had seen people have a lot of success with essential oils. So you can actually put some like peppermint oil on your temples, maybe some peppermint or lavender. You can take a cool cloth and put it across. So if you have the space, like if you're not out, if you catch it right away and take a full glass of drink, a full glass of water so that, you know, you're hydrated because dehydration is another independent actually risk factor for headaches. You want to make sure you're hydrated. And so taking that, you know, drinking a glass of water, then getting a cool cloth and then putting some essential oils on your, you know, your temples and, and really, um, and, you know, breathing some of those in can actually, and catching it right away can help you not get into that full blown headache. We also can try something like an anti-inflammatory supplement, something like a curcumin can also be helpful. Sometimes people, now that's not going to be the same potentially as the effects you're going to get from like an Advil because they they work differently, but it is an anti-inflammatory. And sometimes that can, oh, I'll take the edge off of it too. Okay, great. And anything else that you do naturally to address uh, headaches and migraines? 
Yeah, there's a lot of different things. We, you know, we're, we're like when I said we're working at on the body as a whole. So we're trying to go to each section. You know, each you know we're looking at hormones, we're looking at gut health, we're looking at food hydration, um, met heavy metals detoxification, all of that. Sometimes even just getting like um, but also what you were saying, like your muscles, even working out the muscles in your neck, like getting the massage or even getting a tool. There's like that that like some even some tools where you can scrape the muscles um, in the back of your neck and just keep everything loose and, and really work on another place. I see it is the jaw. So sometimes, you know, when you're grinding or tightening your jaw and even actually loosening those muscles. So, you know, decreasing tension in that, that neck and jaw and shoulder area can also be another thing that we can do. So, you know, sometimes I just say like print a, print a blank calendar and then see when you're getting your headaches and then see what's going on in your life. See, you know, what you've eaten in the last, you know, 48 hours, see what time of the month it is, see how much stress you have in your life, see, you know, how much sleep you've had, how high, if you're hydrated and all of those things, and then start to look for patterns. And you might, you know, you might be really surprised at the patterns that start to show up before. And then if not, you might need to see someone and dig deeper, like maybe do some do some hormone testing, some gut testing, some heavy metal testing, food testing, like all those things. And it's like layers. We need to see like how deep we need to go in the layers. But we, there's so many things, you know, in patterns that you can get started on your own and see a huge difference. I get messages because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to advocate for this and I talk about it and, you know, what people tell me, it's, it's exciting. Like, oh, you know, lemons were causing, I never knew that I had an issue with lemons and, and you might be drinking lemon water in the morning for health benefit, you know, sometimes for health benefits, but that could be triggering you. So it's really individual. Yeah. And I know for, for me, even though I get massages on a regular basis, you know, they're not massaging your face typically or your temples right here. So I'd have to do that myself and do self-massage on my temples above my ears and on my jaw right here, and just do that really deeply, like with a knuckle, just to get all that tension relieved um, in these areas that may be missed, even if you are doing massages. Yes. I mean, and I know too, like, I think once you're in touch with your body, I can wake up with that too. Like, oh no, I know, like I'm going to get a headache, like in the base, you know, you feel like the base of your head or like the, where, you know, you slept wrong, slept funny and it's coming. So you're proactive and can do those things to actually loosen things up before it can even get started. And so when you go to a conventional doctor, you know, that's the, the first place people will usually start going if they, they have a headache or they are getting migraines, what, is, what kind of treatment approaches can they expect there? And, and obviously we want to, we want to move people towards functional medicine. We want to be, you know, addressing the underlying root causes, all of which you've listed here, but what are people, what can they expect if they go to their doctor and why should they avoid that? Yeah. So the one, what I see, unfortunately, is that it's just going to be offered a medication. So generally, you know, it is, you're seeing it being like saying, okay, here, try this. And then if that medication doesn't work, we're just going to go to another medication and another medication. And we're just going to keep trying different medications until we see if something works. But where I see the problem with that is that people are still getting the headaches and migraines. You're, you're taking these medications for the pain so that, you know, maybe you have, you have a trip Dan and you can take that if, if it's coming on and that's going to help you so you can get through your day and you don't have but you're still having the headache. You're still, you're still getting the migraine. You're not, it's not gone. So uh, it's that, I think that's where the, the fault is where it's like, okay, we need to find out what's going on and look outside the head. You know, we bucket it and it's like, okay, we have the, the neurologist and we have the gynecologist and we have the gastroenterologist and we have all these different doctors 
and they're just looking at their thing and that's their specialty. But really we need to connect everything. And because you're not just one part, you're all parts and they talk to each other. So we wanted like, sometimes you need to look outside of just your head into other things that are going on in your body because your head, the pain you're getting is sick, a signal for something. And so you just need to figure out what that is. Okay, great. Well, Dr. Mills, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, and I hope that, I mean, that's a, that's a big list of underlying root causes that uh, people can be looking at to kind of uh, tweak and have some awareness around if, if they are getting chronic headaches. So thanks so much for coming on the show and where can people find you and learn more about your work? You have a podcast as well. Yes. Yes. So I have a podcast called a little bit healthier and that premise for that is just things you can do every day in your life, um, to be healthier. And so, um, I'm on iTunes, I'm on all the major, all the major podcast networks. I also have a free guide. So if you are someone who actually has headaches and migraines and wants to know more, you can check out the guide at helpmyheadaches.com and download that. That gives you steps to get started right away. And then uh, my website is megmill.com, just M-E-G-M-I-L-L.com. And I'm over on Instagram at drmegmill. Okay, fantastic. Sorry, I mispronounced your Ms. Mills. So yeah, that's I okay. I apologize about <laughs> no that. Uh, so Dr. Mills, so thanks for coming on the show. And everyone, I'm Dr. Wendy Myers. Thanks for tuning in this week to the Myers Detox Podcast, where I bring you experts from around the world to help you to upgrade your life and your health. So thanks for tuning in. And I'll talk to you guys next week. The Myers Detox Podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Wendy Myers and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.